coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. My name is Matt. And we are talking tonight about the new Ty West film, Pearl. Pearl. Just came out. Pearl. Pearl. Um, um, what's inside an yeah. oyster, if you um, crack it open? This Pearl. is the sequel to X, which just came out earlier this Wee! year, which is absolutely crazy that we're already seeing this it's one. It's actually not the sequel to X. It's the prequel. It's the prequel. Like we could it's get the prequel. our terminology yeah. correct. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. not mislead our fans. <laughs> You're catching me catching me out in the first 30 seconds of the... All right. Fine. Um, <laughs> yes, this is the prequel. Um, we were very surprised to see this announced at the end of X. Yeah, that's, that's what was funny about it. <laughs> uh, so we knew we'd have to be co- covering this. So here we are a few months later and we're talking about it. Um, yeah, I can't believe that was this year. Can we? I, I want to think about that. Was that really this year? That Was yes. that May? Was that, that like was May like May. That was not even that long ago this Christ year. Christ almighty. Lord have mercy. Um, that's that's the, the magic of Ty West. He can that, just yeah. churn them out. Um, but yeah. But he it, like doesn't actually normally do that. No, he's actually taken a, a break of doing theatrical releases before this one, like yeah, this year. He actually doesn't usually, his turnaround is usually not quite this rapid. Um, this is pretty, he must have, he's like in a creative moment. Like he really feels something for this story. So he's, he's feeling like on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, before we get into that, uh, what are we drinking tonight, Matt? Um, ooh. So kind of a cop out um, as we all might still know i moved recently so my bar is still a nightmare you're still um, working with the with the b team bar here b team bar um i'm starting to to work my way back up to the a team let's call it like a b plus team right now all right um the thing is there's like a box of bottles at my old apartment that i just need to go pick up um when i return my keys it's like this whole thing anyway um so uh well first of all i have a lone star but that's like on deck uh, but lone star because we're still in texas vibes right yeah um, so true I've got, I've got to have that um but my my cocktail of choice tonight is a manhattan because there's a road right outside the movie theater that'll take you all the way to new york oh so. that's true that is a line <laughs> from the movie that is yeah good good choice great all around um i have a negroni Ooh. because as i found out today the Negroni was invented in 1918. Whoa! I did not know that. <laughs> the year that this movie took place. I actually love a Negroni. I when I bought the the bourbon that I was bought. Well, actually, this is not bourbon. <laughs> this is oh. Jack. This is Jack Daniel. Um, <laughs> this is Tennessee whiskey, as <laughs> they'll have you know. Um, but when I bought that, um, I picked up a bottle of gin specifically with the intention of, oh, I want a Negroni later this week. So um, that's good to know. Yeah. No, I literally looked up 1918 cocktails before this because I figured there had to be some because, you know, it's a big year. It's mm-hmm. the year of the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. There had to be some drinks related to this. And I found a whole video. I love the idea of there had to be some drinks related to the cocktail. Spanish flu. That's um, Well, of course. <laughs> you know, people are about 20 people are years of people are going to say there have to be some drinks related to COVID. Well, you remember around the start of the pandemic, everyone started getting really into making the quarantine order. I, Oh there, there's God. always, I mean, it's, this is like the equivalent of the, everybody doing the sourdough starters during, I need to during make like a, a like a, pandemic. a vaccine themed cocktail. 
Um, you like take yeah. it through a, a vo- like a, a shot and everything. <laughs> Inject it into your arm. Well, you no, know, yeah. you know those things that you can get at like Halloween time that are like shot shooters, but they're oh like, yeah, they yeah, like yeah, the little sprays. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's um, fun. Yeah, that would be. I'll have good, to make like a shooter. shooter. That's like it's like called the the Pfizer BioNTech. They might sue me <laughs> if I like market them. <laughs> you um, literally like give it the exact. And they're already thing, being like... sued by Moderna, so I guess I probably don't need to risk that. Um, market it as the official Pfizer BioNTech vaccine shot. Hey, you know what? The Republicans will take it that way. So <laughs> you could just call it the jab. I the jab. Like that would, oh, that would get it one. across. That's jab. That's good. But yeah, uh, uh, this this movie does take place during the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. Yeah, that's um, actually an interesting thing that we'll have to discuss, like the way that plays into the movie. Because I was like having like minor meltdowns every time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like I knew it was coming, and yet I didn't realize it was going to be like actually worked into the plot of the film. But yeah, yeah it makes sense. This is this is the film of the now. This mm-hmm. is what we're looking for. Whether we like it's it or not. It's interesting. It's the film of the now, but it was set over 100 years ago. Um, yeah. So um, also more things changed. 1918 more was over 100 years ago. That's like a thought that I don't like. Um, yeah, I know. I can't believe I've been alive that whole time. It's crazy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually there when she, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, when she watched uh, The Palace Follies. I was actually in the room. Yeah, I was um, in the audience, actually. I was, that was, yeah. you know, I was just getting into film at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what else have you been seeing recently? Cause there's not a lot that we have to talk about. We just recorded barbarian quite recently, but, uh, there's, there's a little bit out there, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah so what I, about you? What have you been I don't seeing? know. What have I meant? What did I mentioned last time? That's like, that's the real thing. I don't remember what I mentioned. Um, that's the, the problem. Maybe you can remember, but I have started my like Halloween season rewatch. Um, so like, that's kind of exciting. I like starting that every year. I'm actually starting it later than usual. I mean, I've been watching horror movies all month, but usually I like have started like my first Halloween watch by like the end of August. Uh-huh. But like I, I started, I watched Malignant. I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. We're like in in Halloween mode. It's the season of the witch. We're here. Um, so I'm excited. That's where I'm at right now. I'm basically only watching horror movies and the Vampire Diaries on TV. Um, Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, perfect. which is irrelevant. Um, also set in Virginia. Um, also, like the other big thing is that like now I've like got actual like TV shows that I'm watching because House of the Dragon is on and Rings of Power, both of which have like the longest episodes that the world has oh, ever. Oh God, had. yeah. Rings of Power, like the last episode was 72 minutes, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck. We're Jesus doing. Christ! I was like Jeff Bezos, we need to chill this out a little bit. Like, I thought I'm obviously was... gonna watch this, but like we need to calm down. <laughs> I like, thought it was bad when Stranger Things was pulling that shit, but at least they're in the fifth season and they they only did that for like the last couple episodes. It's yeah. like the first couple episodes of a brand new show. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was the fourth episode and it's like it was a pretty good episode, actually, except for like I was like, I think we could have chopped out like 10 minutes if there weren't like a slow mo action sequence at the end. Oh my like, God. I do think that that took out like a, a big chunk of time. Um but yeah, so, you know, I'm also like trying to balance that while also having just moved. So I'm like sort of behind on movies right now. Um, but yeah, I've been watching yeah, like fair rewatches and like horror movies on Shudder. Check out Shudder. Watch Shudder movies. Um, oh, yeah. This you know, is the Shudder season. This is Shudder. Really this shine. is Shudder's time. Um, I have Shudder year round, but this is, you know, they're very excited about this moment in, in every year. So me too. Um, yeah. So... That's what I've been doing. I guess I've been kind of like doing unofficial Halloween watches, like looking through my diary here. I've 
almost exclusively been watching horror throughout September, um, with the exception of Salidos Amigos, because I'm still doing the Disney watch. Of course. Um, but yeah, everything else is horror. I haven't actually started my Halloween watch yet. Like I like to like draw out a calendar of stuff that I'm like trying to watch and I haven't done that yet. Um, Cause you know, I like to, I like to have a good mix of stuff that I'm rewatching, like revisiting a franchise and then like the Halloween classics and then trying to fill in some holes of like big horror movies that I still haven't seen. Right. So you gotta, you gotta spread it out properly, but uh, we're not quite there yet, but I have been seeing more horror movies I did watch Hellraiser too. Um, uh, I mentioned we were watching Hellraiser on the last episode. Um, Hellraiser two is so much fun because it like takes the promise of the first one and then just goes like even zanier with it. Yeah, it's pretty so, apeshit. It's pretty wild. So um, many more crazy creature effects. You know, you actually get to go to hell and see what that looks like. And like, it doesn't look the, like what you'd expect. It's a very weird hell, and it's yeah. got that crazy matte painting effect. Yes, it makes it look like infinite. It's very fun. Um, yeah, always like watching that one. But yeah, I guess like there's there's not too much to be said uh, since the last episode. Uh, I watched this terrible movie on Amazon called The Torture Chamber of Doctor Sadism. What a name! Which it looked like it might be good because it had Christopher Lee in it. Whoa. You know, it was like a 60s horror movie. Okay, Christopher and Lee's actually done a lot of bad stuff. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you never know quite which version of a Christopher Lee movie you're going to get. And this is the one that he appeared in for like maybe 10% of the movie. Um, but did it get I, top billing on all the posters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, and he was pretty good at it, but the movie itself was just, there was so little actual like horror and stuff. It, it was like, there, there was lots of parts of people just like, riding around in carriages in the countryside while this like upbeat 60s music played i'm like what is this like a sex comedy or something like, <laughs> what what movie am i watching and then they, they finally got the horror stuff in like the last 10 minutes of the movie it's like wow why were you why were you holding back there was some cool like sets and stuff too like it actually looked like there was a decent amount of money poured in this thing right but it was it was really weird, and it was also like clearly a good portion of it was dubbed over from German too. Oh, so it was nice. Like that, okay, that kind of cheap '60s import movie. Um, also, it goes under like it's known by like five different titles. Oh, <laughs> hold on, let me let me read these off. It is it is listed. It's its primary title on Wikipedia, by the way, is the Blood Demon. That's not even Whoa. <laughs> torture chamber isn't even his main title. Um, known in West Germany as Die Schlangengrube und das Pendel. Die Schlangengrube. D. D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also known as the torture chamber, Dr. Sadism, the snake pit and the pendulum and castle of the walking dead. Oh my God. All of those names are so different. Um, and apparently also, it was the also the snake pit and the pendulum. All the right. snake pit and the pendulum. It does have some like Edgar Allan Poe influences in here. Um, it's one of those like loose adaptations, extremely ah. loose, as in like, oh, we put a pit and a pendulum in this movie, therefore we can put Edgar Allan Poe in the credits. Um, also, it was advertised in Rhode Island as the Crimson Demon because apparently at the time you could not use the word blood in. The newspaper to advertise a movie <laughs> in Rhode Island. In Rhode Island, okay. Yes, but yeah, don't watch that one. <laughs> That's so bizarre. 
It was very strange. Um, How did you pick that? Did you just see it and decide you had to watch it? I mean, that's one of those things is like, it's Saturday morning. You're scrolling through Amazon, just looking for... Oh, this was a Saturday morning. (laughs) The most interesting sounding horror movie. And yeah, that, that was where we landed on that one. See, I like keep watching all my movies like late at night and I'll be like, hmm, what am I doing? Um, oh, yeah. I've been I've been watching late night movies, too. The problem is the late night ones. I was falling asleep during these days. Yeah, that was yeah. me. Like, I, I should have an extra movie to say that I watched recently, but I went to sleep like halfway through and it was actually pretty good. It was called Moloch, Mo- Moloch, Moloch, whatever on Shutter. The demon. Yes, Moloch. exactly. Yes. Ah. Like, the, like the demon. Um, It's a horror movie. It's on Shutter. Um, And it's um what like Dutch or something Um, or. Dane, oh, what's what? What is it? Shut up! Sorry, talking to my letterboxed. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to see what language it's actually it's in. Um, it's in some. It's half English and half another language. Um, and it was pretty good. I was just like, I'm like, too not awake for this. If we could, uh, oh, Dutch, yes, yeah. Uh, so it's Dutch and English. Um, and it was, and I was enjoying it, but then I was like, okay, it's time to stop. I need to sleep. <laughs> so that's the problem I'm having right now. I keep trying to watch these movies on shutter and then like deciding it's time to sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nothing against the movies. I do like them all. But. We're just getting old. That's just, you know, reality's like it's also possible yeah. that I'm like starting these movies at like 11 PM um, after a full <laughs> day of like moving and cleaning and unpacking. Um, and then I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should start a movie now. And it's like, well, maybe your body is like not. <laughs> maybe you're not maybe you're not ready for that so that's fair yeah yeah i'm nothing if not fair i don't know what i meant by that sentence but <laughs> fair and balanced fair and that's balanced. it um, but yeah i guess that's there's not really much to say there there hasn't really been much movie news recently no there's really um, been not a lot going on there's been a little more in the Ezra Miller corner, but honestly, I'm just so over at this point. <laughs> Until we get like really big news in the Ezra Miller corner, I think we need to leave them alone for a bit. Yeah, I think we need no, to let them get like help or something. I think, there's no um, concrete developments. No, but they might have a Messiah complex. So yes, stay that, tuned that, for more news on that. That's the headline. That's really all you need to know. Um, um, that honestly would be the least shocking development of all of this <laughs> would be finding out that ezra miller thinks they're the messiah yeah <laughs> like, like yeah. oh that, that tracks yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> um i mean that's like we need to talk about kevin i think we need to revisit <laughs> how we need to talk about kevin fucked up ezra miller foretold all of this <laughs> that's it, the key piece that it like truly me. irrevocably ruined their psyche it's very mm. alarming like um but hey you know what are you gonna do yeah. All right. Well, we might as well get down to Pearl. Um, you know, long, long waited to get to this one. And as I said, we have to we have to lead off by letting everyone know Pearl did absolutely nothing wrong. <laughs> Unequivocally, not a single thing. Justice <laughs> for Pearl. A hundred percent justified. 100% of the way. Yeah. All right. Every action, every action she takes in this movie, completely justified. Now, um, so this movie set in 1918, as we talked about earlier, um, and it's the prequel to X. So this is the the elderly woman character from X. Played by Back, Mia Goth. In yeah, both played versions. once again by Mia Goth. Yeah. Um, 
and she's young here. This is like her is like a young, like probably around like 18 to 20. Um, She's like married. Yeah, she's married. So she's not like quite a teenager, but she's, you know, for that time, you'd probably get married pretty early. Um, Her her husband's off at in the war. In the wall. You know, which war. it's the great war. The only war. The one they'll be talking about till the time to end all wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's stuck on the farm, the same farm from X, um, with her parents. Um, her dad is uh, confined to a wheelchair. He's, I think, he got the Spanish flu, which is what put him there. They kind of. It is heavily implied that he had the Spanish flu. Yeah, and then uh, her overbearing mother, um, who's very much still treating her like she's a child, even though she's like clearly like grown up and married. Yeah. Her mother is a piece of work. I'll say that. So uh, like it's, it's largely about her, her dreams of, of becoming a star on the screen. She's very into the movies at the time being like, you know, those night, the follies type pictures with the, the chorus line dancers and all that. Um, and she dreams of running off to Hollywood, becoming a big star and leaving all this shit behind because she's really not having a good time trapped on the farm here. Right. Yeah. She's having a really bad time on the farm. I mean, country boys and girls getting down on the farm out here in Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's all happening out here. Um, Pearl is living a, an interesting life out on the farm. I will say that, you know what I didn't expect. I mean, I guess yeah. I can't, I just didn't expect it to be like German immigrant family austerity farming potatoes. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean that kind of tracks. It does. It does. Period, it's guess. just yeah. interesting, you know. Um, I would have. I think what's interesting is that like I would think X is like very extremely American, and this is too. This is extremely yeah. distinctly American narratively and thematically. But like then to take this movie in and transplant or not transplant, but to like add like the layers of like the the migrant family and all of that onto it was just not what I expected to happen um, to be like mm-hmm. such a distinct um, element of the movie. Um, but it's very important. I mean, Pearl's mother barely speaks English in this movie. If she even does, I can't remember. Um, yeah, she, she does, does some, a few times. But is it like is it all her? Or is it like when she's in the weird fantasy nightmare that Pearl like? No, she she speaks English in the regular world okay. too. She she can speak English fine, but she mostly chooses to speak uh, German. Right. Um, so you know, you know, it's obviously an important thing, and of course, also historically, that was also a thing. Um, yeah, a lot of German sense. immigrants around that time. Right. So um, yeah, like Pearl doesn't really have much of a life outside of like doing chores around the farm, and like her big time to escape the the farm life is when she gets to go into town to pick up her dad's medicine and then she sneaks off to the pictures while she's there um and who doesn't love to sneak off to the pictures i mean yeah we we're all in favor of sneaking off to the pictures here that's kind of our whole deal yeah, um, i mean ideally you wouldn't have to sneak in our world but like you know if you have to then you should sneak off to the pictures yeah. If the alternative is not going to the pictures, you should sneak off to the pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. We are we highly recommend you sneak off to the pictures soon. Sneak off out of the the watchful gaze of your overbearing mother and go to the pictures. Please do. To see a, a scandalous film of scantily clad women dancing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I I do think it's it's really cool how this film like really ties in very strongly to film history. Like they're showing real 1910s movies in the theater here. Um, and what's good for this is that unlike the the 70s setting, like everything that came out at this time is now public domain, so they can use actual like films right. from the time in yes. this movie. Yeah. Which is yes. pretty great. Um, so yeah, she runs off uh, and she's watching this this fo- what is what is the movie like? Palace Follies. Palace Follies. Yes. <laughs> one of those one of those classic like janky old timey dance movies. Um, she's just happy to be there. She's happy to see these girls dance. Yeah, because she wants to be them. She wants to be these girls dancing, dancing on the farm. Yeah, that's that's like the one thing she wants is is to be a star to be loved by everyone, to be up on the stage and on the screen. Um, and she's dreaming about it here. She's also, she's in the theater drinking her dad's medicine. Oh my God. That's like <laughs> the funniest good. part. Okay. We Such should know. Okay. Time. We're like this whole scene. Like, okay. So first of all, this movie is set during the 1918 Spanish influenza. And there are like moments where they're like, make sure you wear a face covering. And I'm like, I am feeling deep, deep terror <laughs> yeah. in my heart. Everybody's sentences. literally um, in the theaters, like wearing masks. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a very familiar time to me. Like even like the masks look very similar. To they did. They absolutely people were did. Wearing. They were like, like when, fabric masks. Just yeah. When people were wearing the cloth masks, I'm like, oh man. Except like, for these ones, they like tied, like you could see they were like tied in knots around the ear. Like they weren't like our elastic banded like masks. I right? literally had a mask like that at the beginning what? of the pandemic. Oh my we God. didn't Because we didn't have elastic. So we we're like t- making them with ribbons and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. I wore like a bandana and then I got the ones with elastic. Um, um, anyway, um, but I, but, and then they told us not to wear a bandana. Anyway. Um, yeah. That was like a weird time. Um, and then they said, don't wear the neck gator. Anyway. Um, so she's wearing a mask and she's like in this movie theater and she's like sneakily taking the mask off to take a sip of her dad's medicine. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's drinking like, like laudanum or whatever. Like the, the kind of medicine at the time that had like, you know, like cocaine and heroin mixed yes. together. In it I mean, it's going to, it's going to fuck you up. Like that's why she's doing it. She's like, I'm watching these girlies dance. I got to be a little fucked up for this. Yeah. Which is like also an extremely relatable movie going experience. <laughs> of course. <But laughs> yeah. If you haven't snuck a flask into the movies at least once, you've never, you haven't lived. I think the last time I but, did that was jungle cruise, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the kids behind you. You're like, like hunching down your okay, seat. I stand things. by my decision. Jungle cruise was made better by my having a flask there. Oh, okay? I bet it was. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a solid presence of drinking in that movie too. Yes. So you got to drink along with the characters. Right. I just I remember I had like some like vanilla vodka and I poured it into my raspberry Coke zero. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. That's, that's the move right there yeah. that you gotta, you gotta get the Coke, uh, remix machine. Me in the back row of the AMC Freestyle. on opening night of jungle cruise surrounded by families. Like, yeah, turn up. Woo! Let's do it. Get him rock. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah. So she's she's vibing in the theater. I you know I did think that uh, <laughs> the most appropriate drink for this evening would be if we had like some laudanum or something. But you, they don't allow that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're, imagine? <laughs> we're stuck with plain old alcohol and cocktails. But you know, probably for the best. Yeah, it's um, actually for the best that we don't get like fucked up recording this right now. Um, <laughs> I can't fall asleep on my laptop again that's not happening um, <laughs> <Bad> idea. <laughs> so yeah so she, she's having a great time at the at the pictures 
she comes out and she runs into the projectionist outside the theater. And yes. oh man, you know I love a movie with a projectionist in it. Hey man, this sparks is, fly immediately. This um, is like top tier projectionist presence in movies because he's got a pretty significant part. So unfortunately, like he's kind of a creeper, but like he's kind of a creeper. But we all he's know like that. not as bad as he could have been. Like I expected him to be much worse. Yeah, but it's also kind of weird. He's yeah, kind of weird. He's a little bit of a sleaze bag. Yeah. But, you know, all of us projectionists are, are a little fucked up in one way or another. I mean, I'm a little bit of a sleaze bag, but I'm not like, listen, I don't, uh, spoiler alert or whatever, I don't like <laughs> invite this girl up to watch a movie in the projection booth who clearly thinks she's just going to watch some people dance and put on a porno. Like, I just like, don't do that. That's weird. It's that's weird and it's like sexual harassment and like we shouldn't do that i mean in 1918 i don't even know if they had the concept of sexual harassment i'm pretty sure the answer to that is no they didn't (laughs) probably but like um um you know like i'm just saying (laughs) and if in 1918 they had a concept for sexual harassment it was women harassing men by existing somehow so how dare uh, they yeah um flaunting themselves yes Um, exactly uh, heaven forbid but um, so yeah yeah so he's not he's not perfect uh obviously and but he's that's... like much better than you would have thought i gotta say yeah but in that moment i thought he was gonna be way creepier but he like le- lets her go that that one night so yeah well we'll get into that but it was like the first time around you know she just runs into him they have kind of a meet cute she does reveal that she's married but Wait, that doesn't really knew it by now i thought we knew well, we know, but he oh, didn't. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But but that doesn't seem to really hold either of them back at this point. They're still just kind of in the during the meet cute. It does. She's like clearly she, backing away. Yeah, she leaves, but she's still interested, and we'll get into how oh, she has a moment step. on she's, that bike ride home. She is very she interested. A, listen, and he uh, uh, he gives her a a frame from the movie, which honestly, like if I had known at the time that this would have been a good move, I would have I would be doing this left and right. Oh hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anybody could have picked me up with that. Anybody. I'd have been like, yeah, let's go. That's a strong ass move right there. He's like cut a piece right off the film. You're like, here, they'll never notice the splice. Don't you have to play that again? (laughs) She's like, he's like, nobody will notice. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, especially back then, literally nobody would have because of the way films were like, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, back then you would expect to see a bunch of splices in the film because they're just shipping them all around the country, getting cut up left and right by right. crappy projectionists, like fucking up the this film. guy, <laughs> like this guy. Everybody, I mean, especially like any film with like any sort of scintillating scenes, like everybody's going to be taking a frame for their own personal collection. Of course, can't do that anymore, unfortunately. But uh, maybe for the best, you don't get the film all cut up this way. Um, so yeah, so she she's kind of kind of interested, but she's like, I'm married, you know, like. He's like, oh, come back and see me sometime, whatever. And she bikes off. (laughs) And this crazy scene here on her bike ride. So first she like the the little cell of the film falls out of her pocket on the bike ride home. She's like, why? Why do you have the thing like sticking out of the top of your pocket? She's wearing like overalls and it's in the upper pocket. It's like stick it further down and like okay whatever um but it flies off she goes off in this cornfield looking for it and she runs into this scarecrow yeah it's um first of all she doesn't run into it she just sees it she's like here's this scare they bump into each other you know like you do at the grocery store um it's like the most upsetting scarecrow um it is not a cute scarecrow he's not great looking it's not quite 
like Jeepers Creepers level upsetting. Well, it's not meant to be like a horror thing that's going to come to life and eat you. It's just like, it's a very alarming thing to look at. Like if I saw that in the field, I would not be happy. It kind of looks like a desiccated corpse. It does a little bit. That's wearing this old timey silk top hat, which is very Uh, important. Yes. So she like, she goes, climbs up on the pole and brings the scarecrow down and she's like, may I have this dance? She's like dancing with the scarecrow, wearing the hat and stuff. And then she starts like making out with the scarecrow. Yes. <laughs> and she's like briefly imagining the projectionist face on it. Yes. Um, and she does not like it, that. Yeah. You know, it, it does shock her, but then she goes back to humping the scarecrow. So she's clearly, she's kind of into it. She's, she's feeling this thing out. Um, yeah, but that's a that's a weird scene. <laughs> it's a very strange scene because she maybe reaches full climax with that scarecrow, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what was doing it. First of all, second of all, like um, after all of that, she like has like a total meltdown, isn't? Because like she like is she's like I'm married, and I'm like, all right, girl, like you did this. Like the scarecrow <laughs> didn't come on to you. You came on. Yeah. To it. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> the scarecrow was making some strong moves and she just couldn't <laughs> say no. Um, but she like, and that's like our first real glimpse that like Pearl is like unwell. I mean, we've had a whole movie to glimpse that she's unwell, but like in this moment, it's like extremely clear that she's not just like, you know, she's not just like a little off. She's like yeah. really, um, she's unstable. Like, yeah, up till <laughs> up till now, we've just seen her as like kind of stressed and and worried and like put upon because of her her mother and like the situation with the and farm like and all everything. of her like moments where she's a little off or a little are basically understandable because she's yeah. like so like just like everything is fucked up at home. But like this moment is like <laughs> you just like humped a scarecrow to completion and then yelled at it about how you're married as though it is like not an inanimate object, like girl would you seek help um and it's interesting in this movie like i i feel like this does kind of tie back into x with there's like these themes of like exploration and then repression like absolutely she's like i think that's huge of, for her yeah she's she's like feeling this this urge to like go out there and explore herself sexually and like try new things and like maybe go outside her marriage even well, sexually but and then, non-sexually honestly yeah she wants exploration in a lot of ways but then she's like she always you know she gets freaked out and retreats back to the repression that like has been instilled in her naturally over her life so far right by her austere german mother you know those yeah. germans those austere germans um that yeah that background definitely definitely plays into it yeah so yeah after that she (laughs) she goes back home and (laughs) she has to leave the top hat outside because her mom is like worried that it's gonna bring germs which is also bringing us back to early covid days when we were like "Uh uh-oh you might need to wipe down your groceries yeah you gotta quarantine your mail and stuff like oh boy like this is not pleasant. No, <laughs> it's very upsetting. And she's like, how could you bring that home? Where did you get that? And her mother is just so upset because she's chopping wood. Um, I mean, I guess I'd be angry, too, if I were just chopping wood. But like, you know, she needs to calm yeah. down a little bit. And her, her mom gets pissed off when she finds out that there's eight cents missing from the money she gave her to pick up the medicine. Which... Oh, my God. Yeah. And Pearl's like, oh, yeah, I bought candy. And I'm like, it was eight cents. 
Um, <laughs> well, back then, yeah, that, that would probably you could probably get candy for eight cents. Well, no, I was just thinking mm. of the like she obviously spent it on the movies, and I was thinking like a movie and candy are they equivalent? Like how much candy do you have to buy to be equivalent to one movie ticket? Probably. I feel like, I feel like movies used to be cheaper relative to other things. Like, I think so. I think so. Like I, I like you can see on here the the movie is like a nickel is the, the uh, advertised admission on the theater, yep. yeah. which by the way, the theater looks awesome. I'm like, yeah. I'm loving this old timey theater in this movie. Um, you know, real old movie palace style stuff, even in like the middle of nowhere where she's clearly living. Um, Yo, but what is yeah, it? this is like Lubbock, Texas or something. Yeah, something like, <laughs> something like that. It's like some small Texas town and she lives like way on the outskirts and has to bicycle in. Um, but yeah, like so, so I, I think I think it's like a roughly equivalent in this time period. I feel like movie tickets have outpaced inflation over the last century. Yeah, that's um, probably true. But yeah, anyway, she gets she basically gets her dinner taken away over eight cents, and then mom's like, "You you had candy? That was your dinner." And it's like, yeah. "All right," said no parent ever in the so history she's, of the world. She's all pissed off, and she she decides to run out and see the projectionist after all because he invited her over. Well, actually, um, she first isn't allowed to run off. Her mom is like, "You have to stay here, and I have to complain to you about how I spent all this time on dinner alone and." it's time for you to get these fantasies out of your head and you're going to be more responsible and blah, blah, blah. Oh blah. yeah. She, she has to really listen to a whole out. spiel from her mother. Her mother is like yeah. always lecturing her. It's like at every opportunity, her mother's like, let me tell you about how you fucked up. And it's like, okay, this like, is what a disappointment you are. And like how you are pulling your weight around here. And like, ah, blah, 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 Even though blah. we see her doing like a lot of chores. Like, it seems that Pearl does her chores. She just then leaves. <laughs> yeah. She like wants she to do something outside the house occasionally. It's like, she's like, a, obviously she wants to get out sometimes. She doesn't want to just spend all her time working. Um, of course, her mother doesn't have that luxury. And we should clarify that, that is also true. So it's like upsetting. But, you know. She's helping out. She's she's around here, you right. know, Also, Pearl out. isn't supposed to live there. She's like married. She yeah. should be living where her husband lives but her husband wants to live in this farmhouse nightmare for pearl absolutely terrible life and as we mentioned that's why she's completely justified anyway and everything um, is about to happen <laughs> so she runs off to to see the projectionist which uh, did, did he ever even give a name for the projectionist? He's no, listed pr- in the, the projectionist mother and father all are just like names, the projectionist, but, yeah. which I love as like a character name. Um, that's great. So yeah, she that's runs fair. off to see him. He's like showing her around the theater, which looks super cool on the inside too. It's got like, it's like an old, like theatrical theater. It's got all the like sandbags and like all the different, curtains oh, yeah, and screens absolutely. and stuff the and ropes he's been such a like a hipster scumbag projectionist about it all and i'm like all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like he's like being very like lost generation at this moment he's yeah. all like yeah you know like i lay my head down here but i don't live here i just like kind of blow through wherever the world takes me 
and he's you know he shows her the projection booth which also has his bed in it like he's living in the projection booth i know and she's like do you do you live here and he's like oh i lay my head on that pillow sometimes but i don't live anywhere in the traditional sense yeah i'm what some people call a bohemian i don't know what that means um it's like all right all right buddy you're homeless you're You're, homeless you're you're real slick Yeah. yeah but but i love the vibe like you know, sleeping in the projection booth and everything. Yeah. Listen, honestly, I would 100% cheat on my husband with the projectionist. So I get Pearl. (laughs) I get it. I like 100% am there with her. Very understandable. That are happening. Yeah. So she's hanging out with him here and he offers to show her a movie and she wants to watch the, the palace followers again. He's like, Oh, we already watched that. How about I show you something that nobody's seen before around here? And it's and porn. It's it's porn. It is literally like 1910s porn. She's showing him. Uh, he's showing her like an old stag film. Yeah. Um, from the very early days of porn. She's and like, this is legal. Like not not here. Not, not yet. filming it. Not filming it. He says doing <laughs> it. Sure. Doing, filming yeah, it. Film. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it, it's it and it's a real that's a real 1910s porn film too that they used. So there's actual porn in this movie. Crazy. Uh, yeah, from the 1910s, which is now a public domain porn film. So you can go find it. I don't know if you really want to. There's want. Like, it's like not you know it's not a lot happening. But it's not the sexiest stuff, but it is interesting in a historical way. I yes, suppose. absolutely. The yes. um the official pearl twitter account shared a website over the weekend um that they've apparently set up including like a whole bunch of old-timey porn movies from the 1910s so great so yeah i'm I'm glad they're 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 promoting the the archival process here you know this is our history we need to remember this stuff um Well, that's but, a podcast that has at least at one point covered pornographic films, I guess. We, we have covered that. actual pornography on this podcast before. Um, and this, by extent, I guess we're doing it again we're here. Doing it yeah. Again. They're just, this is uh, the, <laughs> let's, let's do our brief review here of uh, a free ride from 1915. Well, the plot didn't <laughs> seem to make a lot of sense. And I did understand what was happening in the sex scene, but you know, that's okay. I liked when it was like, it was like obviously one man tag teaming these two women, but they would just be like, I'm going to tap in and out. And I was like, they just have like all the control here. They're like, they have the power in that sex scene, but that's yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, Good for them. Um, This is, yeah, this is a, a nine minute stag film that um, was directed by in quotes, a wise guy. (laughs) (laughs) And the cinematography was done by Will Be Hard. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, yeah, and, and like the the plot seems to be that these two women like get picked up by this guy who offers them a ride, and then they all go have sex under a tree somewhere. Yeah, of course, um, like you do. Yeah, it's it's very like it's interesting to see how like they still make porn with this kind of plot. <laughs> Oh yeah, now, the like, plots haven't changed. Yeah, like early on, even in 1915, they'd already figured out the formula. They're like, "All right, yeah, it's an exchange of goods and services. This is right. this makes sense." Um, but yeah, it's 
it's not very sexy <laughs> in like the old timey black and white flickery style of everything. Um, right. It's mainly because all of the motions seem like herky jerky. You can't really like. It's not sexy when nothing looks like it's like real. It's yeah. It seems very like documentary like it's like this is something that happened yes but it's not like actively working to turn you on <laughs> even though i think at the time it probably was probably but i i do think it's interesting that like the the projectionist is all like yeah this is this is where the real art is like this is reality this is what people actually do like this is real this, yeah like, i love he- the idea that that's what people do they get picked <laughs> up on the side of the road and have sex with the person <laughs> who picked them up this is how the world works. A thing clearly. that has 100% never happened to me in my entire life. So I don't know what he's talking about. There's always time, Matt. There's always time. You, You're right. You I'm still, still young. I'm still young. Um, <laughs> but, but like he, I don't know if he actually believes this, but he's like, he's claiming to find like a higher artistic purpose in it. Yeah. I and, think he just wanted to see if he would turn her on so that he could have sex with her. Yeah. And he's like, you know, Maybe you could star in a movie like this someday. I could make that film. Right. He's see, this is when we get into the he's a skeez, skeezy scumbag. Yeah, he's like, I want to make porn and I'm gonna put you in it. Right. And she's like, she doesn't seem very into that idea at all. Like, she wants to be a dancer. She wants to be a star. She doesn't just wanna be on screen in whatever capacity. Right. Um, so it's clear she's she's not really that into it. Um but you know, they do end up hanging out and having a drink and she leaves. Uh, nothing much happens here. No, not at here. At this point. Yeah. Uh, but like, but he's trying to like convince her to go off to Europe. Like that's his big thing that he's going to go to Europe after the war is over. Cause that's where like all the, all the art is going to be. And that's where, where things are really going to be pushing the envelope. And He's offering to take her there, but she's like, uh, you know, I've got my family here. I've got a like, I've got my dad. Sort of offering to take her. He's telling her she should go. Yeah. There's like a slight difference. And I think it is important because she very clearly reads into it as I will take you and it will be a thing and we will be a thing. But he's like, you should go and I should go. And whether or not that is like a joint going is kind of up in the air the way true, I read it. True, yeah. It wasn't like, and I'll take you and I'll make you a star. It was, I would watch this movie if you were in it. You know, like, it, he's clearly hedging here. <laughs> <laughs> and she is not picking up on the fact that he's hedging and is really latching on to these things that he is saying in a way that is extremely dangerous. <laughs> yeah, extremely he dangerous He doesn't him. know he's that he's dealing with Pearl, but like, it's not good for him that he's doing these things. Mm-mm. Not at all. And we will soon see why. Um, so she, she ends up heading home. Um, and she's just, she's doing more chores around the farm. She, she has his way of like talking to the animals and like, she's giving them all names and stuff. She's like putting on performances for them. Right. Um, I think that's that's really funny. She's named them after all of her favorite Hollywood stars. Oh yeah, I really love that. She's like, yeah, I I named them after my favorite my favorite stars in Hollywood. It's like, do you know their names? Like, I don't know. They don't. They're not even real people. I mean, they're real people, but you know what I mean. Like, they're they don't act. They just dance. Yeah. In the nineteen tens, there's not a lot of like named people that you'd know, but I guess she knows a couple, and um, 
her her sister-in-law the sister of uh her husband is off the war comes by and with her mom and they're they're trying to give a, a, a like a roast pig to the family ah! they're apparently going around and and the mother refuses it she's like i won't take your charity okay right? but this they, is like we should add to this literally a scene after the mother has been like upset about like lack of money and not having money yeah. for, like food and shit she's like we won't take charity i'm like shut up just take the fucking pig i felt like the fucking like that vine where that that girl's like shut up and take the freaking compliment <laughs> i'm like i'm just like fucking take it just fucking take the fucking pig it's a whole ass pig what else yeah. is anybody gonna do with it just take the fucking animal like eat also it. it's, it's like they're cooked they're like part of your extended family so they're it's not even family. like it's they're like looking down on you they're just like helping you out but she won't even take that uh, so she's annoying. very proud and like does not like seeming like she's not self-sufficient i guess um yeah, but of course she's not self-sufficient. She has a whole farm and, and she's running it alone and her husband is like not able to do anything because he had the yeah. Spanish flu and it ruined him. Most people would not expect you'd be self-sufficient under those circumstances. Somehow it's the German in her. I don't know if yeah. that's, you know. Might be. Yeah. I, 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 it might be. It's hard for me to say. I feel like it's also distinctly American to like feel like you need to be a loner and not be like part of a community. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's it's not like that attitude is completely foreign to yeah. a lot of America as well. America is a very like individualistic society, so like that's also extremely American to just be like, no, 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 no. So um, when it's like, come on, just fucking, it's a whole pig, and the poor pig doesn't even get put to use. Yeah, it's so upsetting. I think later <laughs> John Kramer probably found that pig. And oh yeah, <laughs> that was one of the pigs that was hanging from the hook. Yeah, got ground up into pig juice. Um, <laughs> yeah, because she just leaves it out on the step there, and then throughout the rest of the movie, we just like come back and see it getting progressively more and more decayed there's maggots gross. there's all maggots over all over the it. worst part is when like a maggot will fall off of the pig and you hear the little clink as it hits like the pan that it's in and i'm like this is <laughs> so upsetting to me they really did like make that as disgusting as they possibly could yeah <laughs> the the i it's so gross we should note I, like we haven't really talked about it all of the like the colors and everything here like it's just like so like lush and like yeah gorgeous and so like the pig like is like this like really disturbing thing against this backdrop of like blue skies and like absurdly green grass and shit and like just like this technicolor dreamscape and then there's just this rotting fucking pig yeah i was just gonna get <laughs> into that like we, we should definitely talk about the visual style of this movie um you know, it's set in the 1910s and you'd think like, oh, like, are they going to film it like the 1910s? But it's not like, cause no, that would, that would look pretty, pretty wonky. They'd have to do it in black and white and silent and everything. Nobody wants to see that. But, um, I mean, I would, I would hey, still watch the that, artist won a fucking like award. So yeah. Um, but, uh, instead what I think is like a really interesting choice that it's shot like a, like a forties, fifties, like technicolor, melodrama picture right yes um very like extremely bright colors sweeping orchestral score the score like, is dramatic the whole way through it's very like, graceful yeah. camera movements and everything like it really has that feel of like 
one of those big studio pictures at like the golden age of Hollywood. Right. Even while it's like showing these horrific murders that would never in a million years make it into a movie back then. Absolutely. Uh, so it's a, it's a fun little contrast that I think really makes this like a particularly unique picture. It feels like something kind of otherworldly, like somebody went back in time and made like a modern horror movie in the 50s. Right. And it's like this strange artifact that exists now. It's got this creepy, like um, uncanny vibe to it as a result. It does have a it does have a, a very uncanny vibe to it. I agree with that. Yeah, it, but it's like it's so gorgeous. I mean, from the outset, the whole movie, like the movie opens with like barn door swinging open and you see like bright blue sky against this like gorgeous like house like on the Texas like farmland. Like, oh, this is so nice. And then like, you know, you've got a rotting pig and like <laughs> Yeah, the gorgeous the sumptuous images of the rotting pig yeah. is like <laughs> kind of gross the rotting pig is sitting in a very pretty roasting pan that was a really nice roasting pan that yeah pearl and her mom let like get completely ruined that was a nice a whole nice setup they had there and then just all also it looked like it was a nicely roasted pig eat the fucking pig i don't understand it looked real good i, I would eat that pig for yeah. sure i mean i can't believe they roasted the whole pig but like they did it i guess like back in the day you might do that it's like to me yeah. it's like just get rid of the head at least come on I don't want you to do that sometimes, like for like a luau or something. All but, right. Well, this like, is Texas in 1918, so all the luau's that they're having. <laughs> I feel like back in the day, though, you you would have used to do something like that more. Like in the 1918, I don't think so. I don't think in they had the luau's 19... in 1918. No, not a luau. I just said like there's a different. Nowadays, you would only do it for a luau, but back then, you might roast a whole pig. Yeah, and honestly, it's probably for the best, except that you wouldn't then eat the whole pig. Like, you would still, like, not eat the face. So, like, like you probably should have found a better use for that head, but that's okay. Probably not, but, yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do I want with... pig cheekbone. Um... <laughs> Some people eat, like, cheeks and stuff like that. Cheeks I... and jowls. Um... Yeah. Really, chitlins. No, don't bring up chitlins. Don't bring those into this. Um, ugh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's just like this nasty pig in a lot of the shots, and it just like people keep seeing the pig, and it's just like, yeah, the pig is getting progressively more upsetting. I just hope we're all the pig decays quickly, and then it's like just like this rotting carcass on their front steps. Um, obviously, it is thematically relevant, but it yeah. is still upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of, to me it represents like a a perfect looking home life that gradually decays and rots away, like the rotting of the American dream or something. Very much the American dream because I don't really think they have a perfect looking home life. I mean, maybe if you just see like the literal house, but like watching Pearl and her mom interact, it's hard to think that anybody could be fooled by like right. their interactions. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it's like. Like they once had like a perfect looking life, like they had this beautiful well, looking farm. Once with these things were kind of stuff. like less terrible when her dad, before her dad had the Spanish influence. Yeah, it and is somewhat talks, implied that that's the case. And Pearl talks about like how they used to have more animals, but now they can't afford to feed them anymore and stuff. So like clearly, this place used to be much nicer and like. Right. Have, and she clearly be, like, has a, a soft spot for her dad that she doesn't have for her mother. Yes. Um, definitely I mean obviously mother daughter relationships are just a very different thing something that I do not have you know you know that's not my experience at all obviously <laughs> but um 
you know, it's still like she very clearly has a, a certain fondness for her dad that it do- is completely lacking for her mom in a lot of ways. Um, although I think by the end we see that there is a certain fondness there, but it's more of a fondness for what should have been as opposed to what was. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, her dad, though, like obviously at some point she really loved her dad and loved life there. It's, it's something happened and now she's just, um, you know, things are bad. Things are real bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not great. But so so the pig shows up in this scene. The other function this scene is that uh, the the sister-in-law tells Pearl that there's this big audition this Saturday um, at the church for like uh, for this dance troupe that's going to be traveling around the state and putting on shows Um and so, like, this is, like, the big opportunity for Pearl to finally, like, become a dancer and, like, show the world what she can do and then eventually become a star. Yeah. Which so is, she you know, sees, yeah, good for her. That's what she wants. She sees this as, like, her, her one and only chance right here to escape the world that she's been locked into and find her bigger purpose in life and become a star. Be wanted by millions. That's her big dream. That is what she so wants. She wants to be loved by millions. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into that too. Yeah. Uh, she specifically <laughs> goes on for quite a bit about how she, she wants to be loved by everyone. So yeah. So, so this is clearly going to be a big thing on the horizon for her. Um, but things are getting rapidly worse at Pearl's home. Um, her mom finds the program for the, the follies and like knows that she she would run off to the movie theater and she's like getting really aggressive fighting with pearl over like what she's doing and like how she's not doing enough for the family and she's like you think you're like your dreams are wor- are ruined like what about mine like i i was supposed to be a wife and now i'm a just a caretaker of this man and they get into this big fight and this and, is like a this this whole scene. It's like very dramatically shot. Like it's like dark in this this house. There's like a, a fire going. So there's like moments where you just see like the firelight like behind them while they're fighting. It's like very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, and like this is like, like she's a, almost like gothic in a lot of like the the shooting here. It's like yeah, it's like the way the shadows. It's just very it's very intense. This is when it, you like know the movie is taking a turn. <laughs> A lot of the stuff that takes place in the house does feel like very gothic. Yeah. And like, just like the dark shadows and everything. Um, yeah. And, and the mom is being like so mean to Pearl in this part. She's just like completely tearing her down being like, you know, like you're such a disappointment. Like uh, every time, like I don't, every time I look at you, I'm like disappointed. She's talking about um, failure. She's like, I hope that you go and dance and you, and you fail because then you'll know what it feels like every time I look at you. And it's like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) And she's also like, has this like tirade about how like you, they're going to all learn what you are and what you do when you think nobody's watching. But I see they're all going to know and they're going to be afraid of you. Like I am. And I'm like, have you done nothing about this? Like clearly Pearl has done more than we have all been led to believe already. to this point. Well, and we also, we also did gloss over a couple of her, uh, slightly homicidal incidents well she okay yeah so she does have some weird moments um she she kills a goose in like during like the opening credits with a pitchfork and feeds it to the gator in the in the pond out back 
Yes. Um, yes. That's uh, which I love that. Like you know, the Gator's already a part of this. Yes, the Gator's important <laughs> here. Um, uh, because he he shows up in X too. I mean, um, presumably it's a different. Well, actually, I don't know. Gators live a while. It could be. Um, you know, reptiles yeah. they they live practically forever. Um, and um, she there's this weird scene where she like takes like a a an egg. Yes. And she's like taking care of it, but then she gets mad and then she crushes it. And as she crushes it, it's intercut with a shot of her husband walking down the street who blows up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. She keeps having this image of her husband coming home. Yes. Like, from the war. And in, like, Uh, when she crushes the egg and, like, blood and the egg sprays everywhere, as it's happening, you cut to, like, what's obviously a mental image of her husband walking down the street, and he also explodes into just a burst of blood. Um, Yeah. So that's like an upsetting thing that she's obviously having going on there. Uh, yeah, I think the war is kind of affecting her somewhat. Like clearly she's she's having these images of like what the war must be like overseas. Right. And she's getting like a little bit of information from the letters from her husband, which seem to indicate like untold horrors that are only just barely being hinted at. Right. So um, like that's clearly affecting her psyche a bit. There's also... A moment where she like almost feeds her dad to the to the alligator yes it does seem like she's about to in that moment but her mother catches her she like wheels him off like off to the little uh pier into the swamp and is just like kind of holding him there as the alligator approaches but the mom stops her it's like what are you doing oh you know just talking to dad like, was she really going to just, like, dump her dad into the lake to be eaten by this alligator? Like, that's way crueler than what ends up happening to the dad. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that would, be a, that would be a pretty bad way to go. Like, uh, I feel like that's, what, that's what, how you kill the person you're really mad at. It's so upsetting to think about. But yeah, so clearly the mom has like seen some of this stuff going on and is sensing that there's something wrong with Pearl and that she's got like a bit of a killer in her. Even though um, her, the mother seems completely unable to accept that like she maybe didn't like do her part to like discourage some of that behavior and like didn't really raise her daughter to be like a loving <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> young person. She She raised her to be like cold and and distant you know like of course she's gonna act on those like crazy impulses right um those homicidal urges when like you're never like raised to believe that there's like value in another human life like Mm -hmm. (laughs) beyond like work um which i guess is just capitalism but still (laughs) yeah so so they're in the middle of this big fight and the mom is like encouraging her to like kill her. It's like, I know you want to like stab me with this knife or whatever. Um, but what ends up happening actually is that they get, she gets pushed up against the fireplace and she catches on fire Oof. and just, she goes up like a, like a pile of matches pretty much. It's very it's hereditary. Like, like that one scene. Yeah. Hereditary. Yeah, she's just like full on bonfire that quickly. Yeah. And um and Pearl ends up putting out the fire by dumping the boiling corn water from the stove on her, which is just like it's such a like 
out of the frying pan and into the fire moment. <laughs> it's like, do you do you want the fire to be extinguished by having scalding water thrown all over you? It's like, well, I guess that stops the fire, but also <laughs> it's really not going to be very good. Um, the mom is clearly in very, very bad shape at this point. She's like all burned up, looks pretty much dead. And Pearl just like dumps her down the cellar stairs. Okay, she doesn't just dump her. She drags her down the stairs with her like thudding down every single step. She like literally drags her by the feet and her mom's head is thudding on the steps as she goes down. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Pearl. Couldn't just like carry her or something or like hold her by her arms. Like, (laughs) so her head wasn't thudding. (laughs) Pearl is basically treating her like she's already dead. Yeah. And she's not though. uh, (laughs) Not quite. She's almost there, but. Uh, And so she just dumps, dumps her mom down the cellar and then runs off to see the projectionist again. (laughs) Um. Which is a choice. Like that is a that's a big choice there. And now now she finally is like, all right, I'm I'm fucking this projectionist here. Yeah, this is like uh, like I like how she's like, I just committed murder, and so now she's like, and I wanna fuck. And I'm like, all right. Well, it's kind of like, you know, all of her inhibitions are snapping at once. She's you know, she's been on the precipice of doing something like this for a while, and now it's just like it's all happening at once. It's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, like, Projection is having a great time. Like, he has no idea that anything's going on. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, uh, he thinks it's just like a normal time. I mean, they have sex. And he's just like, yeah. Oh, um, right. Having sex in the Projection booth. Hey, That's you know like... what? Dreams come true. <laughs> Dreams come true yeah. for us all. Um, you know? All of us who who have been there have thought about it from time to time. Right. So the projectionist has no sense that anything's wrong at this point. She's actually acting like surprisingly normal, (laughs) considering how weird she normally acts and like what she's just been through. Well, it hasn't like sunk in, I think, that she like threw her mom down a basement and left her dad who cannot do anything for himself sitting at a dinner table covered in corn on the cob that was half eaten. Yeah. Um, her dad's just sitting there like the whole time like that. The, talk about the ultimate horror right there. Like he's, he's been put through the worst stuff. He oh yeah. He's, he's living the worst of the horror here. Watch yeah. his wife burn to death as far as he knows and then get dragged down the cellar she like i love that like he watches his wife burn and then watches his daughter decide to put it out with like a still steaming pot of water that had corn on the cob in it like i'm like all right (laughs) can we all (laughs) this was obviously gonna i mean it puts out the fire but it also scalded the fuck out of her yeah it's it's not a good time It's, it's he's he's really having a bad time and then he has to like just sit there for like a whole half a day as the daughter just runs off to have Who sex knows? she runs off to to, to point <laughs> if and when she <laughs> she's like up. all right <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes you just gotta live in the moment that's listen you know, hoes before of. bros <laughs> I mean, whom's whom's amongst us have not occasionally dipped on our responsibilities to get some i mean yeah i mean it's like usually the responsibilities in question are less 
um, urgent than her responsibilities <laughs> in this moment. But yeah, I have definitely dipped on responsibilities for sex. Those responsibilities have never been taking care of my parent who depends on assistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the projectionist still has no idea anything's wrong. He's he's going to he offers to drive her back home and she accepts for some reason. Right. Why didn't she just say, no, I'll just take my bike back. I don't That's understand. What, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just I don't because like she I, she's not clearly not thinking entirely straight at this point. Well, she's she's, uh, just she's also like. like delusional and like we get like clear confirmation of that later but she's like completely like lost touch with reality yeah she's starting to get more and more like delusional as time goes on as well right um so this is like the first big sign it's like oh there's a complete disconnect between like the risk of this situation because he like drives her home in like this brilliant old timey automobile, which I love. And she's like, um, wait out here and goes inside to be like, okay, let me see if I can bring him inside. I'm like, what? You're like burnt to death. Mother is crawling around on the basement floor. <laughs> and your father has been sitting there staring at the same pieces of corn on the cob for 12 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very, the corn on the cob is so upsetting. And it's like, so like the corn on the cob is such a distinct visual. It, it, it it's, all over the place it's like everywhere when she gets back. It's, it's just like and it looks like it was like frozen corn but we know it wasn't because we know there's a cornfield like around the corner like yeah but like it's like bright yellow like fake yellow corn on the cob <laughs> um it like because you know real corn on the cob is like a, a much paler yellow than whatever they've got going on there this yeah. is like neon yellow corn for some reason I'm like did you get this from like the kroger frozen aisle Maybe um, who knows what kind of corn was available in New Zealand where they shot this. Oh, right. But, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? This is Texas. And but yeah. Yeah, you meant where they shot it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> also, the, the family the went bright... down to the local Bucky's and got some. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, the like the bright yellow corn just pops better. I mean, like we said, this. Oh, no, I know why they visually did it. And it's color. not a criticism. I'm just saying like, it's like, it's very just like noticeable. Like the corn is like a very distinct, memorable visual yes. that is happening. And there. it's, it's absolutely everywhere. Yeah. It's all over her dad as well. Like he's got like the food all over him. Right. He's he can't even sitting, eat by himself. So somehow he's been it's sitting there. there all night, just like with food all over him, like in the dark. <laughs> With his dead wife or almost dead wife in the cellar. Like, right, he can't even around. see her. So he's just been like standing, laying, sitting there. Do you like how I went through every possible position a person could be in? <laughs> you found the right one finally. Then. Um, um, and, uh, but yeah. yeah, so like, and she's just like, she just like runs in, like, oh, I'm just going to quick clean up this murder scene, you know? She's like, hi, dad. I'm just going to stick you in the other room. But know, she doesn't even clean up the murder scene. All she does is make sure that her mom is downstairs and locked and move her dad into the other room and leave the dinner table looking like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> There's pieces of corn everywhere. Like, what family does that? Yeah. And she could have just taken the ride back and then been like, oh, I'm busy. Like, you have to go or whatever. But instead, she invites him in and is like, let's go make out in my bedroom. <laughs> right. She didn't have to do that. She could have like been like, let me get the things I need and let's go back to your place. Like, she could have yeah. done anything. 
I mean, obviously, too. it's 1918. The the rules of booty calls are a little bit like less, I think, developed than they are now. Yes, but like yeah. she 100% could have gone back to his place, even though his place is actually just like a functioning business establishment. But like you know, <laughs> they could have gone to the church where they're going to do the auditions later. Who cares? Um, they could have gone literally anywhere. They could have gone to the cornfield with the, the scarecrow where she's already had sex once with a inanimate like, yes. object. Let's relive that moment. Oh my god! You know what that is? That was literal country girls make do i can't believe (laughs) (laughs) oh no Um, oh no she literally probably did use a corn corn on the cob for that um i mean i something had to have been happening there unless that scarecrow had a was anatomically correct um (laughs) i have so many questions about the sex scene with the scarecrow that is definitely the sex scene of the year well no the the scarecrow was in x but like this was the second sex scene of the year the scarecrow as well i like i we need to point this out like the the way that it appears in the first shot is almost exactly the way that the scarecrow appears the first time in the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like the the this movie's definitely heavily referencing Wizard of Oz and like other Technicolor yes, films at that yeah. time, but especially that moment is just like, oh my god, <laughs> this is a much different scene with the scarecrow here. Oh yeah, absolutely. not what happens in Wizard of Oz. Yes, but. And if yeah, anyone's so, the Tin Man, it's fucking Mia Goth as Pearl. She has no heart. She's like a heartless like ooh, nightmare. Um, good, good connection. Yeah. So, yeah, she, she just brings him back to. But she's her also place. Mrs. She's, Gulch, and we get her playing visual yes, as Mrs. Gulch her, multiple times. Her riding yeah. the bike multiple <laughs> times looks like exactly like Mrs. Gulch. Yes. Like, there's definitely a intentional comparison there. Um, so yeah, she's bringing him back to her bedroom. She's trying to hump and he's, he hears the mom like banging around in the basement and she's like, Oh, Oh, it's just the dog. You know, I had to, had to shut him down there after he got into the corn. Cause he also like, he finds the corn all over the, the ground. It's like, Oh yeah. He Blame it on the mess. fucking corn. It's like, none of this makes any sense. And, and you can tell getting... that the the projectionist is like, hmm, I'm starting to feel like maybe I shouldn't be here right now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've wandered in to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house and I need to leave. Basically, right yeah. Okay, well, He's the, like... the mini dinner table scenes obviously are directly referencing. That's um, yeah, that's true, too. And, and we'll get there, too. Yeah. It gets even more Texas Chainsaw Massacre as the movie goes on. Right. Um, she's uh she's so she like she's still trying to play this off you know she takes him out to the bar and she's introducing him to all the animals telling him about their names you know and he's like oh what's the dog's name she's like we don't have a dog like god damn it pearl you literally just said you had a dog (laughs) this was five minutes ago can you try to keep your story straight (laughs) she doesn't do a good job of that she's like hmm okay um yeah, she's she's very bad at it here. Um, and he's yeah. obviously like, hmm, I need to go now. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, I have to leave, um, you know, because we have to have to run the matinee, whatever. Always a good excuse for projectionists. You, you got to run the matinee. But she's like, why'd you go cold all of a sudden? 
Like first you were all into it, and then all of a sudden you just you want to leave. Okay, Why before do you she leave? even says that, she says like the most red flag thing a human can ever say, which is, "I feel things really deeply," and it's like, "All right, time to run, time to run, go, go, go." <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings, you know. I feel more than most people. It's like this is a bad uh, sign. No. You don't know this because it's 1918 and you're not on Twitter every day. But it's a bad She's... sign when people say shit like that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm an empath, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but then she's like she's like uh you don't want to take me off to europe at all do you it's like he never really said that he wanted to he just said you could go and he could go i need to reiterate this but this is yeah but this is getting like more into her mindset like she's already built this up so like oh yes we're going to europe like he's gonna take me there and it's like wait what's happening you don't want to take me to europe anymore and she's like getting very upset she's clearly like stage five clinger at this point right and and he, he and she's like he's just like for, trying to what did i know bad of this situation <laughs> don't you like me of course i like you you're just scaring me yeah <laughs> like, you're frightening me Pearl. which is like maybe the worst thing he could have said after his mother's or her mother's tirade about how she was gonna scare people someday um yeah yeah very <sighs> much triggered by that yeah um so he's he's trying to run off in his car and you know, if only the cars back then could start a little faster. <laughs> it takes a little too long to start this car, which gives Pearl time to run up to him and stab him with the pitchfork. Yeah, he gets pitchforked. Um, yeah, she's she's a big fan of the pitchfork. Uh, we get a lot of farm implement murders in this movie. Well, it's Pearl. You know, that's what she yeah, does. That's um, Pearl. Um, and... Like they, I love this part because he's like, he's like bleeding out so heavily behind the wheel, but he's still like trying to drive. Yeah, <laughs> and he just kind of stops eventually, and wow. she just like bashes him in the face with the pitchfork and like stabs him in the mouth. And I'm pretty sure this is like a recreation of one of the murders in X too. Doesn't someone get stabbed through the mouth? That does seem. Yeah, that does sound right. Yeah, in the barn, I think. Right. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. It's at least like well, somebody gets heavily stabbed through the eye with a pitchfork in the barn, right? Yeah, maybe they, they're maybe looking through like it. what's basically a peephole, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's slightly different, but it also is kind of reminiscent of previous pitchfork murders we've seen. Yes. Um, and then she, you know, she puts him in the car and pushes the car into the lake. Yep. Of the swamp, and he you know, gets we gatored. Get, we get another one of those psycho style shots of the car going into the water. Yes. This one doesn't it like doesn't sink all the way in the water. It's just like kind of sitting halfway in there. Also, the... like we now know of two cars that have been pushed into this lake. Like at, like how many more do you think she did in the interim? Like did she just like let cars like the pl- it was just like flooded with vehicles at the bottom? There's definitely like at least three or four cars in there yeah. by the end of X. Right. This is right. not the the only two times that this has happened. So yeah, she's <laughs> she has killed the projectionist now. And you know, like I said, she did nothing wrong. This guy, we covered it before. He was a, he was a projectionist, so I have to be sort of on his side. But also, he was a bit of a scumbag. And he was sleeping with a married woman that he knew about. So okay, he you know. maybe wasn't deserved to die, scumbag. <laughs> and also, the married woman had a husband who was in the military. Come on, come on. Yeah, you can't. You gotta respect the troops. No, I was saying, come on. 
You, you can sleep with, with people. Who's... <laughs> in 1918? Okay. Well, you just assume they're not coming home, you know? <laughs> All right. We're getting, we're getting some great insight into your psyche here. Uh, um, okay. You know, that's one that's one way of seeing it, I guess. Um, the angel sang the whiskey lullaby. That's all I'm saying. La 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 la. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. That's a very sad song. Um, listen, he was not the best guy, but like, object objectively, one of the less bad people in this movie. So that's true. You know. Yeah. Like this is a movie with Pearl and her mother in it. They're obviously the worst people in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know. Plus, he was a hot projectionist. He's a I hot mean, projectionist. What are you going to do? Yeah. You can't hate the hot projectionist. We stand. We love a hot Definitely. projectionist. So, Pearl, you know, just <laughs> unbothered as always, just has to head off to her audition. So, she, she dresses up real fancy with her mother's clothes, which she was previously chastised for wearing. Yes, well, um, but now her mother isn't there to stop her because her mother's locked in a basement. And now, at this yeah. point, basically dead. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, cause she's dumped her back down the stairs at this point. Right. Yes. Cause he left. So he was, she was thudding around on the top of the stairs. So Pearl opens the door and pushes her back down the stairs. And at that point, yeah. mother is gone. Um, um, so she also kills her father at this point. Um, right. Yeah. She, she gives him like a mercy smothering style death. Yeah, mercy uh, might be a strong, strong word um, it's clear that she thinks that it's like a mercy killing that like is she true, doesn't yeah. harbor any resentment towards her dad but she knows like she's going off with the dance troupe she's leaving town her dad can't care for himself she's not going to care for him right their mom's not around anymore she's like well dad has to die and they they kind of like zoom past the killing so you don't actually see it happen it's a very interesting uh choice here you just get like the sounds of him getting smothered right you can tell that this is this is a murder that she's not really reveling in that she's not enjoying that she doesn't want to do but feels like she has to right right she is definitely not happy about it um but you know she does it because she knows she she will never leave home with him still alive so then she goes on to her church yeah she, goes she rides her bike, church. Mrs. Gulch style, down the down the street, <laughs> past the corn. Once again, um, yeah, wearing the wearing the dress and everything, yeah. looking very Miss Gulch at this point. It's extremely Miss Gulch. Um, yeah, and she, she, you know, she meets Mitzi, the the sister in law there, um, and they're all you know, they're lined up outside the church, waiting to go into the audition, and it's like it's kind of a grim scene, like every girl who comes out is like clearly very distraught. Like this is, this audition is not going well for most Well, I people. think that's and also sort of the point. It's like, you know, she's been placing all of her like hopes and dreams on this thing, which is like an inherently cruel, like, and ultimately, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to say shallow, but some, but it is like exploitative, it's exploitative, sort of. but it is like also like a shallow and like, just like, like it's, it's, it's like almost like based on a whim, like the whole, like the whole choosing process here is just like, like, I mean, to cut to the chase, like Pearl does not get chosen. Anybody who's been watching this movie knows that Pearl's not going to get fucking chosen and we can, we can go more into the audition process in a moment. But like, um, 
Carl doesn't get chosen. And their reasoning is just like, we were looking for somebody blonder. And it's like, yeah, younger and blonder. It's just like, like, like hmm. a cruel process to begin with because like, you could have just said that your audition could have yeah. called for blonde girls. You know, she never like, had a chance from the moment she stepped in there. She never had a chance from the moment she was born because she's not a blonde girl. Like she never had a chance for this particular audition. And they like, they never said that. So they let all of these girls who are show up and just audition and then like, don't make it because they wanted somebody younger and blonder. And like, that was just like, you know, it just like, it's like the whole process is like the one way these girls are being validated in the small town. And then it doesn't work for like, you know, some fucking 70% of them. Like, because they're yeah. not younger and blonder. Like, so, you know, it's just like that. Of course it's, it, it is traumatic for like all of them. Um, and for a lot yes. of them, it probably is their only way out, especially in 1918. There right. aren't that many paths for a woman in 1918 out of their like hometown, you know? Um, yeah. They don't involve Mary like somebody, Pearl. Yeah. You know, who's, she's pretty much stuck there because she can't even marry out of the town at this point. Um, no, because her husband, she married him and he comes from a rich family and he still wants to live on this farm that she hates. <laughs> um, Which is like, why? What is what is wrong with you? Um, this seems like not a fun place to live, but okay. Actually, it seems perfectly fine if you don't have her parents there. Yeah. Well, I mean, specifically that farmhouse. Yeah. It's like you could go live like anywhere else in this area and it would probably be much nicer. But he wants to live on the farmhouse for some reason. Um, and the audition, like, so going into this, we, we know that obviously Pearl has to fail one way or another because, you know, she's going to fail and that's going to be her big moment where she really snaps and goes full murderous, crazy Pearl. Um, but we don't know exactly how it's going to happen. And walking into this, you think like, Oh, maybe she's just going to be really bad at dancing. Like, that's the obvious answer. But she's actually, like, pretty good. Not, you know, like, for the time, I'd say she was probably, like, really good. Because she, you know, she gets up on the stage, and as soon as, like, the piano riff starts, she does, like, the the funniest little, like, old-timey silent movie-type dance. Like, straight out of, like, the Palace Follies, basically. Yes. Yeah. Just like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But she's doing, like, a pretty good job. And she's like, she's doing some impressive moves, doing like well in time with the music and everything. And then we get this crazy like fantasy element of the the movie where it shows like she's dancing on stage with like a whole set of chorus girls that are all like dressed up like World War One soldiers and dancing with her in front of a background of like bombs going off in trench warfare and stuff. And this is this is one of the moments that showed up in the trailer. Yes. That I was like, oh my God, how the fuck does this happen? <laughs> and it was like, it makes sense that it's like a fantasy, but it it fits so well in the moment. It really fits like the theme of the movie and the setting so perfectly. Um, just like putting in the background of the war it, with this like goofy, jerky, old timey dance. Right. Uh really an interesting contrast. Um, and yeah, so she's doing like this, this cool dance number with the, with the backing people. And you occasionally see that she's just dancing by herself on the stage. It keeps like cutting back and forth. Of course. Yeah. And then it ends and they're just like, okay, yeah, it's a no, but thank you. You're very good. Like, and she just like completely breaks down at this point. Yeah. Like, she mean, has she to really has a fit asked here. multiple times to leave. And it also interesting is that like, 
during the part where she's getting rejected, she keeps seeing the judges as like the people that she's killed now. Like her mom is talking to her right. and saying like, you just like, we're looking for somebody else, you know, this isn't what we want. Like, and like the projectionist is there too. Right. Um, so yeah, grim, grim moment here. Yes. Pearl She's is clearly is, has losing completely touch yeah, detached with her, her sanity here. She like, we cut to a shot of her like outside the church. Like, I mean, she is not just crying. She is like, she's having these guttural sobs, which is like that. Like, this is where Mia Goth's acting. Like she's been really good this whole movie, but this is where she just like kicks it into like 10th gear. Yeah. She is like, blowing away everything that we could have expected from her. Right. Uh, she's just like sobbing, like out of control, like screaming practically on the steps of this church. And it's like, it's horrifying. It is. <laughs> she's clearly very sad, but it's also like, it's scary, sad. Like you're like, what is going on? Like, what is she going to do next? Right. And, uh, and uh, Mitzi just come up, comes over. Is like, hey, do you want me to take you home? Right. <laughs> it's like very awkward at this point. She's like, yeah, like let's go. <laughs> like this is not going well. So they go home, and like Pearl's just kind of like really breaking down at this point. And is talking about like how she thinks that like there's something wrong with her, and how like like all of her dreams are falling apart and stuff and like like there how like there's stuff that she like she wishes she could tell her husband but she doesn't know how she can communicate to it and Mitzi is like well why don't why don't you tell me like I'm Howard which is just, just like pretend. such a mistake yeah this is a big mistake at this point huge misstep just tell me like I'm Howard like how you're feeling and like just try to work through it that way and then what follows is just like the most unbelievable acting that we've seen so far in this movie this is like i i don't like i i wish i'd like timed this it's very long there's, there's this long monologue from mia goth where she basically like lays out like the, her entire character and like how like you know she's like her, her how her parents have affected her how like Howard going away has affected her, how she's been feeling, how she, like how she's been longing to get away, how like she wants to be a star so that people will love her so she can make up for all the missed love that she's had from growing up like this, just like all this stuff. And it keeps going on and on. And at first we're get, getting like cutting back and forth between her and Mitzi, like you'd expect in like a dialogue scene. And like, she'll occasionally like ask her to like go on or something. But then for at least like the last five minutes of this, it's just uncut, full on just Mia Goth performing this monologue just with no stopping. And it's so good. Like she it just, is good. She really kills this scene and it gets you into the mind of this character. And you see like what starts out is like clearly like just like a distressed woman whose like dreams have been shattered and it slowly gets more and more menacing and disturbing as like she reveals details about like her inner life and then like the people she's killed and stuff. Right. <laughs> and, and she just like lays it you all know, how she out. She enjoyed the killing. She like, yeah. yeah, she, she liked it. It felt good. It, you know, 
um and about how she's like she's like i think i'm missing something that other people have and it's like all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like this is not a great conversation to be a part of so like after all this which is just like this absolute tour de force you finally cut back to mitzi and she's just like sitting there clearly like trying to look normal right (laughs) Right. she's just like ah well yeah i think it's time for me to be getting home and it's this great like comparison between that the scene with the projectionist earlier where there's like there's a moment of panic that you can see and they're just and then the person is just like oh yeah i should be going and uh pearl clearly recognizes that she's like oh yeah like she's she's trying to back out now too um it's amazing that pearl can't understand why (laughs) yeah she's like oh well you just confessed to a bunch of murders like she even like you know she talked about like sleeping with the projectionist and then killing him and everything it's like everything (laughs) i mean that's like the least of the concerns (laughs) like sleeping with the projectionist it's the killing him that's like the the real the real horror here because at first she's like, oh, yeah, I slept with them and I didn't mean to. I was just curious, but I know it was a mistake. And Mitzi's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, maybe I don't need to hear this. But Pearl <laughs> keeps going on. And it's like, yeah, don't worry. The yeah. the cheating was like actually the the least of, of the problems here. <laughs> so, and she, she also does, uh, like, this is also important. She talks about how, like, if only Howard could come home. And then, like, you know, I thought, like, I wanted to escape. But maybe if he could just come home, like, he would be enough for me. And, like, loving him could be my world that i'm looking for um because that's gonna that's gonna come to bear soon um but yeah so anyway mitzi is like freaked the fuck out she is trying to get out of here as casually as possible and like this scene is just so i love (laughs) i love the staging of this scene the way like she just like walks out the door and she's kind of like walking casually at first and pearl comes out and she's walking casually. She slowly goes to pick up the hatchet out front. And Mitzi is like in that stage of like, she can't, she's still trying to pretend like everything's normal, but she can't quite just like start slowly running. And then it's like taking off and screaming and Pearl's running behind her with the hatchet. Oh. And there's, there's no escape for her. You no. know, she, she gets axed pretty bad. Yes. And she gets decapitated and fed to the gator. Fed to the gators. You know, everybody gets fed to the gators pretty much. You know, everyone gets chopped. Well, her parents don't. Um, At least not yet. Uh, we don't really know. Like the, the movie ends without really knowing what's going to happen to the parent bodies. Um, they probably will be eventually. Yeah. But so she comes back to the house and it's like goes down to her dead mother at this point. But is like sort of imagining that she's still alive and that her mom is singing to her and they have like this very, she's this very tender moment with the corpse where it's like, finally, you know, my parents are finally, I can get along with my parents because they're not going to. All she ever wanted was like love from her mother. It's very much like, this is like what would happen if the girl from the ring had been allowed to live past the age of seven oh god (laughs) well this is also it's also very like psycho you know like keeping keeping your dead parent there and like being like oh finally we've got a good relationship now 
Right. She um, like brings them up to the dinner table and like sits them at the table and then brings out the rotten pig carcass and sits them down. Like sets the table. This the is when it's pig. extremely Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's yeah. like, all right. You've got the now. corpses at the table. She's like brushing the mom's hair and it's like clumps of hair. Yeah. Clumps of hair and skin mm. are coming out. It's like, all right. <laughs> it's so bad. But yeah. And then the final scene of this movie is Howard comes home. Howard finally. finally comes home. Gets home from the war well, like after having seen some of the most horrifying shit that you could ever imagine. A World War One, famously a very tra- traumatizing war. Um, and walks in on this scene. Yes. Where not only is the table set with the rotting pig and the dead parents, but clearly it's been like a couple months since it's this been a while because happened. the bodies have decayed further. Um, and like all the food on the table is covered in mold and shit. It's like, it's so gross. It's, it's disgusting. So fucked up. And, and, and Pearl is just like, Howard, I'm so glad you're finally home and gives like the most psychotic smile you've ever seen. Yeah. And then like, and then the movie ends in like the craziest, most like, cursed artifact way i can imagine (laughs) which is like instead of just like cutting the black as the credits play or whatever it just the credits start rolling over her face as she's giving this psychotic smile and starting to cry yeah and she's like she holds the smile again for like five minutes yes (laughs) this is like crazy acting out of mia goth okay it's like like, the whole time i was watching it i was like this is like the end credits of call me by your name but like if it were like like a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) a nightmare version of that exactly she's like she's smiling this smile that starts like super crazy but as it goes on it gets more and more forced and unhinged looking and she starts tearing up and then the tears are just pouring down her face as she's like prying her mouth open as wide as she can and just like baring her teeth in just this absolutely horrifying display as like the credits roll and this nice orchestral score plays and it's just like this is like the most unhinged like family life thing you could imagine it's like honey you're home right and well, it's like so that's <laughs> supposed to be happy that he's home but we know that she's not really happy that he's home but also she is kind of happy that he's home so it's like this like weird thing and of course she's like a woman in 1918 she's got to pretend to be happy and it's like just what the fuck is happening here um yeah and now howard is showing up to like this perverse inversion of like a happy home life what should have been like the you know the happy arrival of him home from the war and now it's like this twisted version of it he's got to be like i thought i saw this shit back there and i was had to escape the nightmare um what's crazy is that howard gets home to that and we know because we've seen x that howard stays with her um yeah and not only stays with her but like you know helps out with at least some other murders right he's like in on this like i guess he's like it's fucked up i mean there's i mean yeah. we already know what the third movie is but but i guess there's like a fourth movie where it's howard's origin story somewhere in the movie. yeah yeah you got like you gotta wonder like is it the war is it his devotion to pearl like what is it that causes him to just be like all right yeah let's keep living this fucked up life i will say you know pearl um pearl was more fucked up than i thought just having watched x 
Like I thought she was just like an old woman who was sad about like aging from X, but like it turns out she was yeah. just like always like completely like fucked, you know? Right. Um, well, I think, you know, a big part of it is she feels like her dreams were stolen from her when she was young. And that's why she's envious of young people. Absolutely. The, yeah. And X. I mean, she, they were stolen from her before she'd had a chance to have a say in the matter. They like, you know, because of just like her upbringing and her dad and the flu and being stuck on the farm, like, you know, they were they were stolen before she had any any role to play, um, which sucks. I mean, that does suck to feel like what you wanted was taken from you before you'd had a chance to fight for it. Um, yeah, that's true. You know. And that is why Pearl did absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, her mom, all dad, of her actions were justified. You might disagree, but um. Well, Mitzi, Mitzi took the the dancing job from her. We no! forgot to mention that. That's not true. Didn't she get it? No. So the, that's what I was saying. No. What? That's what I was saying the whole time that I said that. Like we know that Pearl is completely delusional because Pearl is like, "Congrats on getting the job. If it's not you, if it's not me, it's you." And she's like, "I didn't get it." And Pearl's like, "Don't lie to me anymore." And, and Mitzi's like, "No, but I I didn't get it." <laughs> like she says it three times. But eventually she's like, yeah, I'm going to. She's I'm lying when she says she got it because Pearl keeps being like, don't lie to me anymore. I guess. Yeah. You know, it, the more plausible story is that, yeah, she is lying at that point. She's lying because uh, the first few times Pearl won't take take it as truth. And she feels like Pearl might blow up if she keeps. Yeah, that's it. how I read it. I didn't read but, it as she was lying to spare her her feelings. Yeah. But, you know, either way, it was a bad play because clearly Pearl was like, oh, fuck you. If you got that dancing job. Well, I don't think there was ever a good play. I don't I don't I think Mitzi was a goner from the beginning. There's no escaping at that point. Yeah, Yeah. because she was never going to be able to react well to anything Pearl had to say at that moment. So, you know, by letting Pearl open up, you were you were dooming yourself. She couldn't have known that. It's not her fault, but. What I want to know is how Pearl gets away with all this, because it's like maybe you could play off your parents dying at home, you know, your mom accidentally. Well, my guess would be that the bodies are never found of some of them. Like the projectionist, but, like his car was in the water, so he drove off road yeah, and I got mean, eaten out of the seat a, by an alligator. He um, got eaten out. Uh, yeah. He's a yeah, he's a drifter. Nobody's really going to miss him. But like Mitzi. You know the the daughter of a well. But wouldn't they just family. assume like she was a sister in law? She came over to visit and went down to the pier and fell in and maybe yeah got eaten. Oh, that darn gator in there always eating people. But only if you go in the water, it doesn't come out and eat you. So don't worry. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, that I assumed need- that they would find a way to play it off, especially when both of them are in on it, because obviously the 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 Howard is going to be in on whatever lies have to be told. To, um, we need a we need a spin-off movie just about that gator. Just the gator, yeah. That's actually Crawl. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that's actually that's actually the same gator from Crawl. He's like over a hundred years old. <laughs> hey, some of them live a long time. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how she gets away with it, but obviously she finds a way. Um Yeah. I mean I and mean, the, in like the nineteen cover it up. You're a white woman, you can probably find a way. That's true. Um, yeah. She just has to, you know, bat her little eyes and give her crazy smile. Um, 
Although if anybody had ever encountered her in one of her like fits, well, you know, I don't know. Like those, those, the people who judge the dancing competition or auditions, they could probably vouch for the fact that she was yeah. unstable. Um, and I feel like she's even going to have a harder time covering up how unstable she is going forward. Cause she's clearly like something that previously had not quite snapped has completely snapped at this point. Right. Oh, poor Pearl. Poor Pearl. Yeah. But you know, uh, I I want to see more of Pearl. Like, let's let's get a middle aged Pearl movie. Yeah, it's going. interesting because we're not <laughs> we're not currently set to get more of Pearl. Like, Pearl would be done by now because our next movie is Maxine. Yeah, we um, we do get a, a teaser trailer for Maxine at the end, um, which is going to follow the character of Maxine from X, which is Mia Goth who survives at the end of the movie, not the Mia Goth who dies in the movie. <laughs> um, and it's going to be her in the porno industry in the 80s in Los Angeles. Um, the teaser doesn't show very much at all. We just get a big overhead shot of the Hollywood side, but it says Maxine with three X's. And uh, there's like this really cool 80s synth rock playing. Um, so we're getting some strong Rock of Ages vibes from this, by the way. Of course, that's where our mind first goes as soon as we see the hollywood sign oh absolutely although it says um it says um it says maxine yes yes but yeah uh i'm hyped for it obviously an 80s installment of the x franchise is gonna be fun i I love that it's it's a franchise already like less than a year and we're already building out an extended universe movies were like done at like the same time um yeah um, yeah they they should they should keep doing that. Just shoot two at a time. Yeah, know, maybe Maxine on... will have a teaser for right. whatever's next. He, Ty West a... needs one for every era at this point. He's got a 1910s. He's got a 1970s. He's about to have a 1980s. He's really done like a 60s vibe, right, with House of the Devil. So like, um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so you know, I guess, uh, or for that 70s. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I guess it is more like 70s. Um, I think, yeah, I think it is 70s. So I guess he needs like um, a, a 50s or something. Oh my God, he should totally do a 50s with like poodle skirts and everything. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Um, um, uh, so yeah, they did shoot these two movies at the same time, yes. X and Pearl, um, basically back to back in New Zealand during quarantine. And like part of the reasoning here was because like, New Zealand was like one of the only places you could shoot movies at the time. Um, and uh, like, because they had like the strictest COVID regulations, they were able to like form this sort of bubble that people could shoot in. Right. And um, like, it was like, they already had like the cast and the crew and like Ty West managed to talk a 24 and giving them more money for another movie. This movie only costs like a million dollars. Right. So, and it's already made three times that much in the first weekend. So right. this ended up being a pretty good, bet for a24 uh but the, i i found this funny from the trivia that uh part of like the crew on this movie was the crew that was shooting avatar the way of water oh my god like when they were taking a break in production they went and they shot this thing. oh my god <laughs> which is like the great like that's gotta be the craziest contrast if you're working on that set you're like shooting going from shooting the fucking james cameron like 500 million dollar avatar movie 
to like be like, yeah, we're going to shoot this million dollar like 1910s slasher in the <laughs> like what the fuck must that have been like? That would that must have been crazy. That must have been so funny though. I wonder if like going to like do shoots on on this was like refreshing after doing like probably nonstop green screening on Avatar the Way of Water. Yeah. They were they are doing a lot of underwater shooting for this as well. Yeah. So that must have been pretty intense. I take it that, that James Cameron is a pretty intense filmmaker to work for. You don't uh, say. So this must have been like a vacation. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go shoot this crazy. Although I, don't think, I mean, I don't think I would say that. I feel like Ty West is very meticulous, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like a different kind. of. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a different kind of film. Right. When does the way the water come out? That's soon, right? It's yeah. I think it's this this like holiday season. Oh my god! I can't believe that's real. It's gonna be great. Well, you know it. It's been about thirteen years, so let's see what happens. James Cameron can do no wrong. He's gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park again. Yeah, two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, he's already the done wrong. He's done wrong once. December sixteenth, the first Avatar. So. Movie. But he I made like a billion like. dollars doing that. I I like that movie. That's oh. a good movie. Oh, I think it's mediocre. Oh, I mean, it's it's not like it's not like a masterpiece. It's not like you're. It's not like Star Wars or something. Uh, uh, Star Wars is a masterpiece. I don't know, but it's not like you know. It's not like the best blockbuster type movie out there. But it's you know it's it's fun to go back to. I think it Lots looks nice, it. but it's very yeah. very boring. Well, yeah, but sometimes you just want a crazy, aesthetically pleasing movie. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is the case for some yeah. humans. <laughs> humans, those humans. Um, yeah, anyway, I hope we keep getting more installments in the X franchise. Oh, me too. Let's do it. There's no reason There's no reason to stop with three. We can make this a whole but like, well, new it's, thing. It's kind of interesting because... I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Like well, Maxine I mean, we... is like going to be. Maxine isn't going to have Pearl. So like, who's the villain now? You know what I mean? Well, I feel like Maxine is probably going to be kind of unhinged at the end of this. Probably. So maybe she's going to be the next killer. Who knows? Yeah. It would suck. There's if a she lot has to do like the Sydney Prescott thing and just start living out constant like fight yeah there's just like different killers coming after every time and they're all played by her as well right just like just like a whole bevy of mia goth murderers in different makeup and hairstyling right but but yeah bring it on like yeah who knows i'll, I'll see it all a, i don't care i'm into i'm into the get vibes. a 90s movie go like flashback to the 50s or something there's all sorts of shit they could do right um, oh yeah there's plenty yeah, this was an awesome movie. Highly recommend anyone checking it out. Yeah. And I feel like this is like this is the sort of thing where even if you've listened to all this and like you haven't seen it yet, I would still say go go check it out. It's not like you you can pretty much predict what's going to happen from the beginning. This is not a movie with a lot of twists and turns. This is a movie that's all about execution and acting and style and just like bringing a hella creepy vibe to a story that you pretty much know where it's going from the beginning. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, it's not like a, 
a shocking story. You know, it's shocking in some ways, but it's not. But it's not. not I don't think the story is the shocking part. I think just the 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 movie yeah. itself is shocking, but not like the the narrative is pretty pretty straightforward. Like you kind of, especially if you've seen X. I mean, you kind of know where it has to ultimately go. Yeah, like, she <laughs> has to end up a psychotic murderer. Right. So <laughs> we definitely know where that's going. But yeah, definitely go check it out. It just came out. It's doing reasonably well so far. Loving that. Yeah. Loving to see Ty West knocking out of the park. You know, I did sort of think when when the VHS effect started at the end of the credits, I sort of thought for a minute there we were going to get like a VHS tie-in. Oh my God, I would have loved that. Because <laughs> the v- there's a new VHS movie coming out soon too. There is, yes. The 90s one. Yes. Well, the last uh, one was also 90s, but yes. Yeah. We got another. It's VHS 1999 now though. 99, yeah. Um. I don't know when yeah. that's happening though, but I think it's like this October. Right, it's, it's soon, like right? a like a Halloween release. I think it's going to be on Shutter. Let's uh, let's get our listeners the actual release date so we stay informative. Yes, VHS ninety nine will debut on Shutter October twentieth. Oh, yeah, really in that Halloween zone. Yeah, that's going to be a nice fun watch. Always Who is. knows what's going to happen. Hopefully we get another phenomenon on the level of Ratma. Right. I would love more Ratma. Although probably we won't because that's just not how these these movies work. But Yeah, no. But we get something else as cool as Ratma is, is memorable. Um, it's going to be fun. I always love watching that. Right. Um, but yeah, so go check it out. Um, go check out VHS when that comes out. We're we're getting hardcore into the Halloween vibes these days. So as things progress, I'm sure we're gonna be doing more horror movies going ahead. Ooh. Hope you're not getting sick of it because you know it's fall. It's spooky season. We gotta talk about horror. But until next time, you can find us on all the major platforms wherever podcasts are sold and uh they also don't have to be sold there yeah they they don't they're not sold by us yeah we're, <laughs> we're throwing this out there for free be free um can't put a price on this um and uh if you like what we're doing leave us a review on your favorite platform you can also contact us by email buzzedonmovies at gmail.com or reach out to us on twitter at Buzzed on Movies, we've recently been engaging with some members of the Darren Shan fandom. Oh my God! On Help. Twitter. <laughs> hey, hey fans. So yeah, if you're if you're a crazed stan of some sort of weird property out there, come vibe with us. You know, we'll talk about whatever online. You know, it's the internet. It's the way of the future. That's what we're doing. Oh, yeah. It's the way of 2020 onward. So actually, we're, it doesn't. Not the future. The present. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the future now Whoa. every moment is the future it's it's coming at us oh my god um yes but please come talk to us online tell us what you're doing to get into the spooky season vibe again are you eating corn are you eating corn are you fucking yeah. a scarecrow <laughs> who knows are you letting a pig rot on your front front porch whatever floats your boat if you're like doing that murdering stuff, your illicit lover well, you probably don't want to do that, but you are. Again, don't tell us. 
don't. you might be justified i don't know um and <laughs> maybe just like pearl in which case you, you did might, nothing you did wrong. absolute i cannot stress this enough not a single thing wrong if you auditioned for american idol and simon cowell was mean to you and you snapped and you murdered your parents and your lover and your sister-in-law you did nothing wrong that's you know that's just how life works sometimes that's that's what happens that's but the yes the cookie crumbles tell us what's going on and until next time We'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the pictures. See you at the at the moving pictures. The we'll moving be watching pictures. we'll be watching pornographic films in the booth. Woohoo!